Okay, Suzanne and the Elders. Before I start, I have to tell you about Suzanne and the Elders. When I was uh, talking with Father Tim Hepburn about all the things that were happening in the Old Testament and just the scandals and all that kind of stuff, and he said, yeah, Lot and his daughters and Suzanne and the Elders, and he said, yeah, Suzanne and the Elders, what a good name for a band. <laughs> and so, if you know Father Tim Hepburn, he is a musician, and I thought, you know, that would be a fun band, Suzanne and the Elders. So, we find the story of Suzanne and the Elders in the appendices of the book of Daniel. The story is only found in the Greek version, and based on the text, it would seem that it really should go in the front of the book, since it refers to a very young Daniel being introduced to the community. In any case, we have the story, and what I plan to do with this commentary is to focus on two things. God's righteousness, God's righteous judgment of those who give into sin, and the example of God's loving care to those who are faithful. So first, let's do a quick review of the characters of the story. Who is Susanna? Susanna is the very beautiful and God-fearing daughter of Hilkiah, who was trained by her parents according to the law of Moses. Who is Joachim? Joachim is Susanna's husband, who is rich, well-respected by the Jewish community and owner of a home with a garden. Who are the elders? Two men appointed as judges who would go to Joachim's house to listen to cases in the community and pass judgments. And who is Daniel? Daniel is the young prophet who is stirred by the Holy Spirit to come to the rescue of Susanna, who is falsely accused of infidelity. So let's look at the elders first. Here are two men who have been called by God to serve as judges over the community. In an effort to keep peace and harmony in the community, as well as keep the law of Moses in the minds of the people. They see a beautiful woman, the wife of another man, and begin to lust after her. Coveting their neighbor's wife, ironic that those who have been charged with keeping the law and judging others by the law should so easily be swayed from the law. The verse that really puts this in perspective for me is verse 9. They suppressed their consciences. They would not allow their eyes to look to heaven and did not keep in mind just judgments. So they decided to literally turn away from God by not lifting their eyes to heaven and conveniently forgetting the penalties for sin against God. So what do the actions of the elders teach us? For me, the lesson is that we all experience temptation. Giving in to temptation leads to death. The seven deadly sins are called that for a reason. For the elders, it was lust. And the rest are pride, greed, wrath, envy, gluttony, and sloth. Pick your sin, it all leads to death. If not literal, certainly death in the spirit. The other lesson for me is that you cannot hide from God. I find it almost comical that the elders did not allow their eyes to look to heaven, almost like, well, God, if I can't see you, then you can't see me. <laughs> but suppressing their consciences 
They put their lust first before the law of Moses, and by not looking to heaven, they put their lust first before God. That is sin in a nutshell. By choosing to give in to the temptation of sin, the elders separated themselves from God. Then adding insult to injury, they lied about what they did and threw an innocent girl under the bus. This false witness is also against the law of Moses and leads to death. For the elders, that means literal death. So the moral of the story, note to self, don't give in to temptation, right? Smile and nod. (laughs) Now let's look at our sweet Susanna. This poor girl just wanted to take a bath because it was nice and warm outside. What I find wonderful about her is that she has a good foundation of faith already instilled in her due to her upbringing. That foundation allowed her to make some very good decisions when coming up on an impossible situation. Even in the midst of her trapped situation, her first thought was of the Lord and she refused to sin in the sight of the Lord. Good for you, Susanna. But you're still in a pickle because the injustice of having respected men in the community speak lies about you is sending you to your death. So what does Susanna do? She puts her trust in the Lord and cries out to God on her way to death. True to form, God is faithful and stirs the Holy Spirit in Daniel who cleverly catches the elders in their false statements. Daniel saves our heroine from death and all rejoice and Daniel is esteemed by the people from that day forward. So what do we learn from Susanna? The lesson I learned is this. There will always be situations in life that are not fair. There will be times when we feel trapped in no-win situations. When we come to these points in our lives, our decisions have an impact on our relationship with God. Susanna chose wisely. No matter what, live or die, she was not going to sin in the sight of the Lord. Unlike the elders, her faith was strong enough to realize you can't hide from God. Even if she chooses to give in to the elders and no one would know of the transgression, both she and God would know of her sin and it would be the death of her relationship with God. We need to choose Christ in all things even if that means death. Susanna would rather die with a clear conscience than live with the sin that was offered. She is definitely a hero in my eyes. It takes a person of extreme faith to choose God over the things of this world that we face every day. As Susanna is heading to her death, she prays in verses 42 and 43, O eternal God, You know what is hidden and are aware of all things before they come to be. You know that they have testified falsely against me. Here I am about to die, though I have done none of these things with which these wicked men have charged me. I find it interesting that she does not ask for anything. She just states who God is as all-knowing and who she is, innocent. That's it. She trusts that God sees the injustice and will do his will. That is trust, is it not? 
How many times do we say, hey, God, look at this. Why don't you fix the situation by doing A, B, C? Let me give you the the list, the menu that you can choose from, God. We continually, continually want the control. We want the outcome instead of praying the prayer, thy will be done. In studying Susanna, I thank the Lord for my parents who have given me a foundation of faith. Adding also the teachers and catechists in my life who have built on that foundation. Many who are sitting in this room or sitting on Zoom. And I thank Susanna for her example of unwavering faithfulness in putting the Lord first. Her story reinforces the faithfulness of God. God hears our prayers and comes to our aid, always. As we close this study, I thank God for the examples of the women we have studied. Eve, our first mother, who was repentant and looked at her children as blessings. Sarah, chosen by God to birth God's chosen people. Hagar, who showed courage in the face of persecution. Rebecca, who was courageous, clever, and resourceful, always believing in God's promise. Judith, courageous and determined to save her people. Miriam, brave to speak the truth and trusting in God in all things. Rahab, courageous and gifted with the fear of the Lord. Ruth, opening to follow God wherever he leads. And Esther, overcoming fear and persevering in the Lord. These examples of women who stood out as faithful in our salvation history have been given to us by God for our building up. My prayer is that there is a little bit of all of them in each of us so we can continue their work in building up the kingdom of God. And in closing, I wanna thank all the women who shared their gifts and insights in this study. It was a beautifully done collaborative effort and it was a privilege to be a part. God bless.